Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Bustle's podcast for radical body positivity, fat acceptance, and visibility for all identities. I'm Marie Southerd Ospina, and I'm joined today by Suzanne Samin, who is Romper's social media editor. That's the sister side of Bustle, focusing on millennial moms, and she's an advocate for body positivity, and we are kind of going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to be looking at answering some crowdsourced questions that people have just in general about the movement, fat acceptance acceptance, bodies and their weirdnesses, and yeah, just all of it. So thanks so much for joining me, Suzanne. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. (laughs) Do you want to tell listeners a little bit more about what you do and kind of your own relationship to body positivity, how you learned about all this stuff? Yeah, sure. So I'm the social media editor at Romper, like you said. So basically, everyone writes brilliant stuff, and then I push Mm -hmm. buttons to make sure that it goes online. (laughs) Um, And I make memes for money, so that's pretty cool. That is rad. Um, I... I've been a part of like the body positivity community for quite a few years now. I sort of discovered it in college um, because I lived in a in a house that was dedicated to feminism, actually. And we, oh, wow. we did feminist projects um, once a semester. I didn't know these kinds of places existed. Yeah, when you go to like a small liberal arts school that costs like $60,000 a year, they totally exist. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was, I, I was sort of introduced to the body positivity movement that way. Um, and I started writing a little bit about, you know, my relationship with my body as a fat woman. Um, my first article for Bustle actually ever was about, you know, growing up in the 90s and early aughts with like role models like <clears throat> Britney Spears and like Christina Aguilera <laughs> and and how being like a, you know, a little fat girl, fat uh, Cuban girl at the time, uh, you know, it, my didn't exactly see yourself in these people. No, I did not see myself in those people. And I tried very, very hard to like force myself into that mold. And it just like really didn't work out. Looking back on it, I'm glad that I didn't fit the mold, but it was definitely hard growing up. So that was like the first thing I ever wrote for Bustle. And it kind of opened like a whole door for me. And I started writing a lot more about like my complicated relationship with my body. And and that's kind of how I got here. We both self-identify as fat, fat Mm -hmm. ladies living the life, (laughs) going through the, going through the trolling, going through the body shaming. So hopefully we can work towards answering some questions people have. And they have a lot. (laughs) All right. Let's let's do it. Bring it on. Let's start with, this is going to be good. So (laughs) I think this is a question a lot of people have, myself included. Can you consider yourself a body positive person if you still want to change and or don't necessarily love certain aspects of your body? Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I think you can absolutely identify as a body positive person, even if you don't like parts of your body. Like, there are absolutely parts of my body that I have not made peace with. I think what, you know, the important step that people have to take is to, you know, realize that you can be working on your own journey of loving your body, but you also have to be supportive of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, even if you see something that you hate about yourself on somebody else, you have to love and accept that part of them. And, it's always it's always easier to like accept other people's bodies before your yeah, own but like yeah it's a journey and nobody's perfect like even the most like quote unquote body positive people still have like their own hang ups and oh, you know yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's totally possible. Yeah. I mean, I think it's with body positivity becoming more of a buzzword, it's like mm-hmm. it's been construed as this thing where like you press a button and all of a sudden you're body positive and right. all the troubles melt away as, as soon as you decide that you are body pause. But a byproduct of living in a generally body shaming world is that that's probably not going to going to happen when mm-hmm. your media intake and literally like every every kind of social construct dictates that so many bodies are wrong mm-hmm. it's just really hard to love yourself all the time yeah the social conditioning is strong with this one. Oh yes <laughs> um, it really is yeah. and I think like you said supporting other people and not being body negative towards other people is kind of half the battle like clock yourself when you say something really rude about someone's body because mm-hmm. there's usually no reason to and you know that's that's kind of I think we all we all do it sometimes you know if we see something that we either we personally have an issue with or that society's told us we should have an issue with like it's it is it's just I don't know humans are crummy sometimes and it's just mm-hmm. something that happens but if you start clocking it and like being aware of it I think you can then apply the same sort of mentalities to yourself this one is admittedly one that I hear a lot and it's is it ever okay to compliment someone on their body or body part I'm always afraid that if I compliment someone on something, i.e. a friend's cool arm muscles that they've been developing at the gym from their new weightlifting program, I'm implying that people who don't have that aren't as good, which I definitely don't believe. I think it's okay to compliment people. I mean, obviously, you know, I think that you have to sort of like it's like a right place right time situation like if you have a friend who like you're close with who's been like working out a ton and you know that this is a part of their body that they prioritize and care about you can totally like commend them for you know doing a good job I guess I think you know we start to walk into awkward territory when we like see strangers on the street or something and we say things about their bodies yeah. which <laughs> which in New York City is like a very common it, it is common occurrence Especially if you're a woman a feminine presenting person exactly exactly so I think you can compliment people you just have to be like very mindful of the yeah. situation um and just avoid being like creepy or gross about it <laughs> yeah I think it's also it's tricky if the thing that you're debating complimenting them on is weight loss and I think that's Mm -hmm. there are people who actively work towards weight loss and they're in a good headspace and they're doing it through diet and exercise and they're doing it in a healthy way but there are a lot of people who are not doing it in a healthy way there are a lot of people who are starvation dieting and yo-yo dieting and developing serious addictions to working out that Mm -hmm. you know they really shouldn't be and when you compliment weight loss in those cases you're almost like perpetuating this cycle of like you're, you know, no matter how you lose weight, you're doing a good thing, even if you're kind of destroying your body in the process. And I know, like, from having ED as a teenager, like, so much praise for, you know, the weight yeah. loss and how my body looked. And meanwhile, I was, like, eating 300 calories a day and starving myself. And, like, it motivates you to keep going, but you're doing something wrong. So I think it's just important to be careful and mindful, like you said, mm-hmm. of those instances, which can be hard to know, too, though. Next one. If I'm straight size, is it offensive to call myself a person who is pro-body positivity? I don't identify as a body positive activist, but I really do believe in the concept of body positivity. So I guess the question is, am I allowed to if I'm not plus size? P.S. Sorry if this is an offensive question. (laughs) It's not offensive. It's not, no. Asking questions is important because that's how you become less offensive. I'm stoked that a straight size person is asking questions because... I mean, like like you said, there's there is a difference between body positivity and fat positivity. And I do think body positivity is like the modern incarnation of a lot of activism that came before it that mm-hmm. is trying to be like more about everyone and all bodies are good bodies and all these taglines. Um, and I think 
if you kind of just like break it down to the most simple simple definition it is just all bodies deserve to be accepted Mm -hmm. so for straight size people to call themselves body positivity if that's what you mean if you believe that all bodies should be accepted that's phenomenal we need more people of every size who believe that yeah for sure I mean I would say like if you are you know a cisgender you know, straight size, able-bodied person, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same way how, you know, how we talk to, how people of color talk to white allies when we talk about racism and Mm -hmm. prejudice. You know, it's like you can be for equality, Mm -hmm. but you have to understand that you don't feel, nine times out of ten, you don't feel the general effects of what we're talking about. So you can only sympathize to a certain degree, if at Mm -hmm. all, and you have to be mindful about that when you speak. Yes. So if you're a straight-sized person who's in the body positivity movement, I mean, if you identify as female, obviously women's bodies are constantly on trial. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what size you are. People will find something horrible to say about you. But you have to be also cognizant of the fact that women who are not straight-sized receive that tenfold, Mm -hmm. if not a hundred. And, you know, you're speaking from a a place of privilege. Oh, yeah. Privilege Um, awareness in general. I think when we're talking about body positivity is so important. And we've seen time and time again straight size celebrities come out and be like, I don't believe in the term plus size. And it's like, I'm sorry, but this is not your place. Like, you are not fat. (laughs) Please stop talking. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think being supportive without making a movement that is ultimately rooted in marginalized bodies about you. If you're straight size, if you're cis, if you're white, if if you have a lot of privilege – know that you're allowed to like support it but try not to make yourself the focus or like take away from the marginalized bodies that do need body positivity the most Mm -hmm. exactly yeah but it's not an offensive question i mean i think allies are important when it comes to any marginalized identity yeah it's definitely you need as many people on board as you can get I just think it's it's important to be aware, like, if you're talking about your own body image issues, you need to be aware of your audience. So, like, as a fat woman, I can't express how many times I've been around straight-sized women, thin women, who will say things like, oh, my God, I feel so fat, mm-hmm. or oh, my God, I'm getting fat, or I don't yeah. want to get fat, or whatever. And, like, here I am, like, all size 24 of me being like... <laughs> Well, that's kind of what I am. So, like, what you're saying is you don't want to be like me. Mm -hmm. And because I, there's something inherently wrong with me. And they don't even realize that. No. I mean, fat has become synonymous with just feeling ugly, undesirable, useless Mm -hmm. in general. Feeling like an outfit looks crap on you. Feeling bloated because you ate too much, quote unquote. Like, it, it, it isn't a feeling. It's just not a feeling. It's a physical characteristic. And I think if you're straight size. Like you were saying, you know, every women, especially of any size, have heard body shaming snark. Like it's mm-hmm. it's unavoidable. Hello, sexism, but and patriarchy. But, so um, much patriarchy. Yeah, it's but, gross. Yeah, I mean, I think, and like obviously, you know, there are people who feel happier in a smaller size and so if they do put on weight or something like that it can be very like emotionally distressing to them which I understand the way that I always wish people would talk about it is instead of saying like oh my god I feel so fat or you know oh my god like my hips are so big or whatever just saying something along the lines of like I feel larger than I am comfortable Mm -hmm. with because that makes it about you Absolutely. and your That's personal preferences yeah. and makes it less about like, hey, this entire thing and anyone who has this attribute is bad. Yeah. So I, I always wish. I know it's like more words than, oh, I feel so fat, but... That's part of the work of making the world better is like using important words. Yeah, language and recognizing the power of the words that we do use. Um, Yeah, I think one of the criticisms that a lot of people within kind of fat activism have of 
body positivity is that it's become this way of like coddling thin white women who feel bad about their bodies rather than like focusing on fat people people of color disabled bodies you know just like we were saying you know the people who who arguably need body positivity the most so I think yeah just mindfulness remember that fat shaming and thin shaming are very different things you Mm -hmm. know we don't live in a vacuum if we did live in a vacuum on a moral level perhaps they would be the same thing because it's still shaming somebody's body and we should never do that but we live in a world where fat people are denied health care constantly where they're you know made to pay extortionate prices if they want to visit their parents you know where every kind of representation of a fat person on tv and media is the brunt of the joke or the pathetic one or the designated ugly fat friend or the mm-hmm. one that's so desperate you know oh god there was like a law, law and order svu episode where this woman a fat a fat woman is dating a man who's a rapist and it's pegged as like she doesn't realize or she lets it slide because she's fat and she's so desperate that like she's just so thrilled to have the attention of this rapist so she lets it slide like that's even so, though there's hints that's so gross so that is disgusting yeah like, i mean i could go through like an entire you know dictionary of just like horrible fat depictions yes in pop culture i mean there's always like something weird about them or mm-hmm. wrong or that they're like desperate for attention yeah. and i mean you know i think i think the important thing to remember is like so yeah i think body positivity can sometimes like you know when you have like the average like the viral video, you know, I don't want to name any place specifically, but like the viral video version of body positivity, mm-hmm. which is like we took all these thin white ladies and put them in a room <laughs> and had other people draw their faces and show them how beautiful they are. It's like I want to vomit in my hands, number one. Number two, like I they're vomit on everything. Right, exactly. And it's like, but those sad little white ladies, they need that. They do. And it's important. But like there's not like one size oppression fits all. No. Like there are different <laughs> levels of oppression that, you know, make a big difference. So like, you know, the sad little white lady is not going to have trouble getting on a plane. No. She's not going to have trouble getting insured usually mm-hmm. unless she's there's, like, not going to be told to kill herself as soon as she posts a picture on social she media. Might. I mean, she might, Maybe but, she you will. know, she's but not, not going like to. The, the likelihood of. is not, you know, people yeah. are not going to say like, man, the harpoons or whatever, which, by the way, if you're like a dude who comments it on pictures that's been around since like 2001 like stop anyway i just have so many feelings. on that note like dude this is mostly dudes from my experience who will post just on my instagram pictures you are fat meanwhile my picture is tagged fat like i know (laughs) do you think i don't know and i'm also using it like positively every day what are you trying to do yeah yeah it's like oh thanks like i didn't realize that like i don't go through my my whole life every day thinking what a revelation exactly (laughs) no exactly so yeah there's no there's no blanket oppression that affects all women that you know we all have to like muscle under together like there's the patriarchy and that sucks but being you know acknowledging like hey like this person this other person like this fat woman or this person who you know is differently abled or whatever goes through a lot more crap than I do and I need to be cognizant of that and respectful of that while also acknowledging my own issues I think that's the key honestly yeah Yeah. and if you are a straight-sized woman I think the moral of the story for me is like please remember that thin shaming and and fat shaming are different you can still talk about the shaming you've experienced but only one of those is like an institutional yes institutional flaw absolutely all right 
does being body positive mean that I should be comfortable wearing any outfit? I.e., I have a cousin who always dresses really cool, but I know from personal experience that she is always concerning herself with colors that make her look slimmer or wearing clothes that flatter her shape. She's comfortable in her shape, don't get me wrong, but she can still be body positive but can she still be body positive and conscious of how she's dressing? Or does body positivity mean that you should be comfortable wearing anything and everything that you like? So I would say no. I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, you can have, I mean, I think the, th- the first thing that comes to mind is like the modesty debate. You know, there are certain women who like for religious reasons or for personal reasons, like prefer dressing more modestly. And they don't, it's not that they feel uncomfortable like putting on a mini skirt because they're worried that like their thighs look bad or whatever, but it's like a personal preference. Yeah. And so I could not look at like a Muslim woman, for example, and say like, oh, you're not body positive because you choose to like not show like so much skin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't, that doesn't compute to me. So, you know, I think if That's very true. being interested in fashion is not the problem i think when you get like what like the person like the question asker said Mm -hmm. um you know where you start worrying about like which colors make you look thinner Mm -hmm. or whatever like if you want to appear smaller because of your own personal reasons then that's fine but if it's because you think that the only reason the only way you'll be acceptable and good is if you look slimmer and if you try to push that onto other people Mm -hmm. so like for example telling like plus size women like hey you can't wear horizontal stripes because it makes you look wider which is you know and Anna Samin favorite mm-hmm. um it's my mother <laughs> um that that's when it it starts to edge into like problematic behavior I would yeah. say so this kind of makes me think of shapewear too and people who are identifies body positive but like still wear shapewear and there was a really a piece that I really enjoyed by Georgina Jones recently called can shapewear ever be empowering mm-hmm. and she's someone who's self-identifies as fat and self-identifies as body positive but still really enjoys wearing shapewear so she came to kind of this conclusion and she wrote what seems obvious to me now more than ever is that we may feel empowered by our personal choices but that doesn't mean we should expect everyone to feel empowered by them so yeah I think shapewear is a funny one because it's probably really rooted in fat phobia like Mm -hmm. if you really go and deconstruct the history of it But as long as you're not perpetuating that, like, everyone should wear it and that's the only way they can be accepted, I think you're entitled to your choices. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I personally have, like, a favorite piece of shapewear. (laughs) I consider myself body positive, but, like, personally for me, if I'm wearing, like, a tight dress or something, it's not so much that I'm worried about looking thin, but, like, you know, I've got some rolls that I I like, (laughs) but sometimes the dresses will, like stick and get like lodged in there and stuff and it makes me feel uncomfortable like I just also when you have rolls like dress like clothing can distort them and like right. make them look not like they actually look and yeah. so I know a lot of fat women who like shapewear because it just makes them feel more like they actually look under certain clothes exactly exactly so like for me it's a comfort thing but you know I, I would never go to someone who's like really rocking like their their you know VBL or mm-hmm. like when you can see someone's belly through their clothes it's because they don't have flat. a flat stomach yeah. and say like put some spanks on that ish please like i would never do that because if you if you like all your you know lumps and bumps and you're totally into that and you're comfortable then do whatever you want just personally for me i get sweaty and i don't know i like shapewear yeah (laughs) i also like shapewear shorts predominantly because it prevents me from like chafing to the point where my legs are so raw that i just want to like die real so you know that's that's understandable i think (laughs) 
chub rub is 100% a thing. Yes. Is that an offensive term, chub rub? No, I think it's used mostly by actually fat activists who, yeah. who like, wanted to, like, destigmatize the act of chafing because mm-hmm. it is something almost all women with no thigh gap do, whether Correct. they are thin or fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I definitely hate chub rub. Anything yeah. that helps me get through that, um, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. All right. The same person is asking, what's the appropriate term for body positive fashion? You see it in the stores as plus size fashion, but that sounds sort of rude to me. I mean, again, I think the issue here is assuming that body positive means fat, which it doesn't. So that's that's the first the first half of it is like body positive fashion just means fashion that celebrates all kinds of people. Now, if we're talking about fat fashion. Mm-hmm. And what's the appropriate way to talk about fashion for fat people? I mean, I personally think fashion is pretty great. Fashion's a great term. I think that's a great term. <laughs> I, I found I found some like really awesome, awesome ladies on Instagram who are all about fashion, mm-hmm. and I need to find more self-identified men um, as well. But yeah, I I think it's super cool, and I think it's been a really great opportunity for people who have felt for a very long time like. They're not allowed to be fashionable mm-hmm. because they are fat. I mean, there used to be a time, I remember it because I lived through it, where there was, like, no clothes for young No, Did you women. ever have to shop in the husky section? The husky section? <laughs> no. But I did have to shop in, like, the women's section oh, yeah. as opposed to the as junior or section. Ladies, ladies or ladies versus women's. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And that was always... Shout that, out to the yeah. husky section. I only remember shopping in it at a very young age. Like, maybe eight, nine was mm-hmm. when it was around... Like, like, are we dogs? Like, what? what? Right, exactly. Understand. Like, what does that even mean? I don't think anyone even uses the word husky anymore. No. If I hear husky, it's like... I think it, of a dog. I, don't I think know. of the dog, and then I think of, like, the voice, like, the husky voice. It's, like, down oh, here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's it. I, yeah. No, I, I had to shop for clothes that were basically made for 50-year-old women, which is fine when you're 50, but not when you're Mm -hmm. 13, um, because there was no availability. And you just want to wear limited, too. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You want to wear limited, too, but you can't. So then sometimes you buy underwear from Kohl's and and from the lady section, and you cut it (laughs) into a thong shape because limited two sells thongs and all your thin friends have thongs, but you can't have one. I don't know this from personal experience or anything. Oh, man. Like, ages 13, ages, like, 10 to 13 were, like, the era of, like, underwear that does not fit for Suzanne's to me. It was a lot of, like, really tight-fitting limited to underwear that was meant for people. I don't people even know what I did. I think my smaller. mom made my underwear for a little while. Made like, it? Yeah, because she, she sews, and she used to be really into it when I was a kid. So she definitely made me a few pairs of underwear. That's... As I got a little older and everybody had thongs and, like, cute VS pink prints. Right. And oh, my ass was yeah. way too big. Yeah, Victoria's Secret underwear has never been i haven't been able to do that since i was eight like (laughs) they don't make those for me but yeah yeah but you know i don't i don't have a problem with the term plus size for now like i'd love to see fashion advertised Mm -hmm. and like go to the fashion section but until that happens and it probably won't for a long time i think plus size has been largely reclaimed as not a negative at least if you're kind of versed in this like world of the plus size community and the body mm-hmm. pause community and for now it makes it easier to know where to shop like if you know a yeah. store has a plus size section you know that they might there might be something there for you it's a if it's space. not advertised then you have no idea and you have to sift through a million different stores until you find something that fits you yeah i mean i think for i think it really depends on how you shop too because i know that part of the logic with removing the plus 
is so that if you go shopping with like your straight size friends, you don't have to go to like the section in the corner that's like for the fat chicks or whatever, <laughs> and everyone else gets to shop all over the store. It's like a three floor limited two, and the fat people we get like five square feet. Really, it's like a closet. Like you think yeah. you're in the wrong part of the like I know in a, uh, like in an employees only <laughs> section because there's only a few things on the rack. I'm looking at you, Forever Twenty One. <laughs> okay, next next person shared a shared an anecdote. I've always been straight size, and my younger sister has always been plus size. That is, until she had gastric bypass surgery two years ago after dieting, going to fat camps, and trying everything she could to lose weight. My family is overall very body positive. We only wanted to support my sister and her decisions. We saw the bullying she went through, and I feel like although we were supporting her weight loss and really didn't know much about the body positive movement back then, we just knew that obsessing about weight, losing it, gaining it, whatever, was so toxic. Anyway, my sister felt great after the surgery. She lost nearly 100 pounds, but she's recently started to gain a little bit of weight back. Here are my questions. One, how can I be more supportive of my sister and help her focus less on weighing less and just help her to love herself as she is? Um, Even the fact that this person is thinking about it is huge. Already says a lot. Already says a lot. Like, you're, you're already undoubtedly a supportive sister if you're putting these things into words because think of how many families would have just supported the weight loss and like maybe even asked asked her like hey have you ever considered gastric bypass surgery it's real thing that's happened to me yeah 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 so yeah i think that's already a really big step and then i think you know it's it's hard i think you know if i was in that situation my first worry would be like here is the thing this person has worked through like worked for really really hard and something they've put themselves through a lot of like physical and emotional strain to achieve and it seems like they're going maybe backwards in the direction that they wanted to go mm-hmm. and so and that they've invested not only time and emotional energy but i'm sure money because these surgeries are not right. usually free <laughs> yeah they're not usually covered by insurance or anything so you know i think that would be my first concern so i would try to focus on like what they want like what's going to make them happy and once I figure that out kind of figuring out what's getting in the way of them pursuing that and trying to focus on like what's best for their emotional well-being not like concern trolling and saying like oh well you're going to gain weight like you're gaining weight you're going to be unhealthy Mm -hmm. again like aren't you worried about that like I, you know, I think any woman who's ever lost weight and then regained it has been through that conversation with people, like, in one way or another, like, oh, yeah. you know, hey, let's, like, work out together or whatever, you know, trying to, like, reinforce the idea that, that one way is better than the other. Yeah. So I would try to focus on what her goals are and then go forward from there in terms of supporting whatever she needs to do to get to what's going to make <laughs> her happy. That's healthy. Um, She also asks, my mother-in-law is not body positive. She comments on people's weight like she's commenting on the weather. She Mm. told me I looked chubby in a wedding dress, just to give you an example of how little filter she has, LOL. (laughs) She used to tell me how pretty my sister would be if she just lost some weight. Ever since she's had the surgery, my mother-in-law asks how my sister is doing with the weight. Is there a better way to ignore her, make her understand that this sort of stuff isn't cool without being super confrontational? Mm. People... Dealing with people is hard always. Yeah. So I almost feel like not qualified to answer this question because I'm super confrontational. <laughs> I think part of and it sometimes is... sometimes people deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's always been it's always been hard for me to be around people who are super body shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, when I was younger, I wouldn't say anything, but I find more and more often now, like, I will call them out. So when you're dealing with, they say mother in what did they say? Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, yeah. yeah. I think when you're dealing with a mother-in-law, that's always hard because mother-in-laws can be particularly awful. Um, they have a lot of influence over someone you care about, and that's always difficult and they're kind of like part of your family now so when you make things super awkward and you like cause a rift it can have like really major consequences and make life really difficult so I mean I think again when you're trying to confront people about not being body positive you know you can kind of focus it more on like how they might be making the other person feel and so instead of saying like hey you're being a giant jerk like what's wrong with you why do you get off on insulting people all the time (laughs) which is what I'd be tempted to say you know I think that a good way to acknowledge these things is to be like hey like you know I don't really think that that probably makes her feel very good like what you're saying you know like if you want if you care about this person you want them to be healthy you know mental health and like self-esteem are big parts of being healthy and so you have to be kind and cognizant of that while also folk like if you're first off why are you so fixated on this person's body number one and number two like think about their emotional well-being another way to do it is just be like hey you know what it's not my body and it's not your body so maybe we don't have that conversation definitely the next one taps into pc culture Mm. (laughs) all right so I feel like in our very PC culture, I've been taught or made to feel like using the word fat is bad and insulting, and instead to use words like heavy or big boned, things of that nature. So sometimes I'm not sure if I'm being offensive or mislabeling someone's experience or identity. In writing and in real life, not knowing which terms are appropriate, acceptable to someone's identity makes me feel uncomfortable, especially when I'm reporting on something. Because I definitely don't want to offend or insult anyone, but I'm not sure what language is best. Especially as a straight-sized person, I don't want to come off as ever sounding insensitive or insulting. I do care so much. I just often feel like I don't know what words to say. Generally, I follow that person's lead and use the words they've used to identify themselves, but is there a better way to do this okay i got some thoughts um okay so not to like come down super hard on you question asker but i think the first thing that we have to talk about is that we don't live in a pc culture we live in a culture that's better and not a bunch of jerks like we used to be so when we talk to about a degree to a degree well, a lot of people are still a bunch of jerks oh there's still plenty Most of people. people but like the pc culture like when everyone talks about being pc they talk about it like oh we have to be so careful because everyone's it's so usually sensitive. like right-wing extremists who are like Correct. all these millennials and young people are so pc and we can't say anything now right when the reality is we're just <laughs> sensitive and not as don't want you to be a douchebag rude exactly yeah. so you know we live in a world now where we're more mindful about how we speak to people which is not a bad thing at all um and the fact that you feel confined by this quote-unquote culture this shift if you will um is is probably a good thing it's a good thing that you feel uncomfortable because it means that things are changing and that there are paradigm shifts that are going on that mean that you're going to have to do work to keep up with them so yeah you're going to have a hard time figuring out how to talk about somebody's body in a way that's not oppressive um and that's kind of like your lot in life like you just mm-hmm. have to deal with it because it's it's an important conversation that we have to and an important yeah. thought process that we collectively have to start having as a society um so you know you do have to follow people's lead yeah follow people's lead ask them which adjective they prefer mm-hmm. you know say yeah. yeah and chances are if they're a 
public person. They've probably self-identified in some way or another, and you can then turn to that and mm-hmm. refer to them as they prefer to be identified. I don't advo- advocate, like, every time you see a plus-size person on the street, be like, you are so fat and fabulous, because no. you just don't know how someone is going to react to that word. And, you know, it is still loaded, and it is still stigmatized, and you need to be careful with that. Like, it'd be great if, if fat and plus-size weren't considered negatives, because we've gotten to that point of acceptance. But in the meantime caution is is necessary all right so don't last one's this is loaded (laughs) to wrap up to wrap up the day someone asks the fact that there is quote-unquote scientific research to support that being above a certain weight or obese whatever you want to call it does cause health issues how do you play that into body positivity is health at every size actually all-encompassing scientifically if not how do you navigate that research and everything I have a lot of feelings about health, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings, too. (laughs) I mean, I think one thing to keep in mind when we talk about science is that all schools of thought, regardless of how, like, clinical they are or, like, hard, there's a difference between, like, hard Mm -hmm. science and soft science, like, in terms of how heavily they're based on actual observable, measurable fact, um, all of these things are still... um, can still be influenced by prejudice. Mm-hmm. So when... I mean, how many studies on obesity and stuff are conducted by the weight loss industry? Correct. Exactly. And, you know, how many, like, pharmaceutical companies profit on weight loss drugs and, you know, even the people who do gastric bypass and lap band surgeries, the inventors of those surgeries, people who hold the patents for them, um, those are all things that are influenced by like ingrained thought processes Mm -hmm. that we have we all know people who are considered quote-unquote like overweight or obese who don't have any health problems and we know and bmi in and of itself which is the thing that determines whether you're obese has been scientifically proven to not be an accurate indicator of health so correct and we we also know plenty of straight-sized people who have unhealthy habits Mm -hmm. um size in and of itself is more or less not an indication of health um So when you cite scientific fact as justification for putting down other people's bodies, Mm -hmm. um, you don't have a leg to stand on because it's it's not being a size 24 is not why someone would have high blood pressure. There's a lot (laughs) of factors that come into that. There's, you know, what they eat and their genetic history and a bunch of things that are out of their control as well as maybe some things that are in their control but you can't just look at a fat person and assume they're unhealthy at anyone you know right um, yeah it's just not something that's determined by aesthetics mm-hmm. so you know if if like scientific data is what is like your hang-up when it comes to like treating other people like human beings um <laughs> First off, you need to know that there's not enough to back you up on that. And second, it's not really the data that's hanging you up. It's something else. And you need to be, you need to look inside and and be, you know, become, become painfully aware of why you have trouble accepting other people because that's, that's like an internal Mm -hmm. issue on your end. Yeah. Yeah. We are not the problem. No. And I mean, whether you're healthy or unhealthy is just never justification to be mistreated. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not. I, I have a lot of feelings about health, and it's one of the things that people most troll me about. It's just like, you're promoting unhealthiness. One of my feelings is that when we're taught 
fat is unhealthy, that's literally what it's left at. Like, they're, that, that's it. That's what people are taught. Fat is unhealthy. They don't know why. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it is they're learning. People don't even get taught that there are different kinds of fat. You know, there's, there's visceral fat, a.k.a. fat that wraps itself around your organs that you can't see and thin people can have it. You know, any, any thin person who doesn't particularly have a quote-unquote healthy diet probably has a lot of visceral fat. You can't see it, and that's mo- the most harmful fat. And subcutaneous fat, which is the jiggly stuff that some usually in and of itself isn't ba- that bad for you. Like, it's it hasn't been proven to actually cause diabetes or, you know, if anything, it's, it's visceral fat that's been proven to cause, like, heart disease, which is the fat you can't see. So that's one thing that bothers me. It's just, you know, not all fat is created equal. Many scientific studies, if you want to go to like hard science, have also shown that yo-yo dieting is one of the worst things you can do for your body. This Mm -hmm. process of up and down and up and down. And I mean, if we think about it logically, like chances are it's fat people who've done the most yo-yo dieting in their lives. So it's, you know, correlation versus causation, people. Um, You know, we want to talk about unhealthy habits, like even if fat even if everything about fat was proven to be unhealthy, which, by the way, like, we should be talking about diet a lot more than but than the way bodies look, but how many things do people do that are quote-unquote unhealthy? You know, people smoke, people have sex with without a condom all the time, without, you know, without knowing the person. People speed. Hey, you can crash and die if you do that. You know, people... People do lots of drugs. People do lots of drugs. You know, people drink until they're puking their guts out in the middle of the night. And And we glamorize that. And we glamorize all these things. Yeah. So we really need to check. You know, it's not, it's not health. That's, that's the problem usually when we're talking about fat people. Like, I don't genuinely believe that every stranger on the internet who tells me that I'm promoting an unhealthy lifestyle gives a crap about my health. They just mm. don't like the way I look. And they don't like that I'm happy in the way I look. And as for, like, health at every size, if you read that book, it does not ever state that people of every size are always healthy without any kind of, like, yeah, like, that's the blanket. Everyone is always healthy, no matter their size. We know that being extremely underweight can lead to certain issues. We know that being extremely overweight can lead to certain issues. Again, correlation versus causation, but still, like, health at every size just says that it's it's possible to live a healthy lifestyle at any size. It's possible to make choices that are technically good for your body. But even if people make choices that we know, without a doubt, are unhealthy, like, still treat them like a human being. <laughs> like, it's just not your call to decide what lifestyle is better for someone else. Right. Not to mention that, like, pretty much every, almost every single trait that a person can have can be linked to health issues. So, like, there are certain health, like, genetic issues that only affect, like, Jewish people, for example, Mm -hmm. or certain, you know, diseases that are more common in, like, the Latin American community than they are in others because of genetics and how that works. So, like, you know, I am a Latina woman, which means that my likelihood for getting things like diabetes or having PCOS or, you know, having heart disease or whatever are higher mm-hmm. than like a white person. So are yeah. you going to look at me in my Latinaness and say I'm promoting an unhealthy lifestyle mm-hmm. by being openly and obviously Latina? Like, no, <laughs> um, like almost anything you do or be or can be have adverse health consequences. Yeah. Like people who are super tall mm-hmm. can have health issues and people who are super short Inuits can have health have issues. more osteoporosis than anybody else because they eat so much fish and right. that's what happens when you eat too much fish you right. you know you you risk osteoporosis apparently i didn't know this until recently but who's who's accusing the inuits of promoting osteoporosis yeah, where are the instagram trolls who are like you're promoting bad bone health because you're an inuit like those people don't exist so obviously there's like a, a bigger hang up here yeah. that has nothing to do with 
who we are. It's yeah. more about what we represent to them. Moral of the story, do not health concern troll people because you probably don't care about their health. You are literally going off what their body looks like and that makes you a crummy person. Mm-hmm. So real. <laughs> Okay, on that note, Suzanne, thank you so much for joining me and talking about all this stuff. I hope that... Sorry, I'm so bad at being serious. No, no. (laughs) kind of good to take some of this stuff in a lighthearted way, otherwise otherwise we'd be be dead. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and subscribe on our awesome podcast network, ACAST.com. This episode was produced by Sarah Barrett with editorial oversight by Anna Parsons and music by Patty McClave.